to the girlfriends. This is Whitney Lasky, and I am here with my besties, Shelly MacArthur, new Grammy. Yeah. Tis the season of love. Tis the season of love. And Shauna Montgomery. Hi. Hi. Well, we're great to be here. Glad to have you back, Miss Witt. Hello. Yes, I got stuck on Highway 12. I know. What a bummer. Last show. That was a bummer. Um, but Carson good too now. You know, I'm I'm out every weekend hither and yon with the uh, hockey child. Well speaking of that, all of our friends out east, stay safe. I know you're getting bombed as we Snowmageddon. If you're listening to the girlfriends on webtalkradio.net right now because you're snowed in, I hope you've got some good books. Batteries. Batteries. Giant box of wine. I don't, I don't Fire. <laughs> yeah. And it's a good thing to do while you're snowed you know, in. You know what I Listen think? Listen to the girlfriend. The staples that you should get when you have something like this ahead of time. They had people going in and out of groceries and saying, you know, what are you getting? You know, you have to get your canned goods because if you're stuck, water, A number one, water. the most yeah. important. Batteries, which I didn't even think of, but for their flashlights. And, uh, Hey, you know, we've Solar-powered batteries. It's I mean, a monster storm, flashlights. though. You know what? Hey. It is crazy. We're and from it's... the Midwest, and there are so many monster storms. If New York can't handle this monster storm, I don't know. We've handled monster New York storms. didn't get it as bad as they anticipated, but apparently... New England. Yeah, Massachusetts, Maine. Um, I hope yeah. my house is still there. Yeah, I hope your house is still there, too. There were some really funny... You know, I mean, the range of emotions. There are people that have to get to work, so clearly those people are, you know, stressed out. But then there are people who, you know, just are enjoying it. Um, but, of course, as I'm sure, uh, you know, you guys would be the same. <laughs> All I could think of was, you know, my son who's out east. And, you know, just, like, sending him, like, I hope you've got water. I hope you've got your, you know, boots. I hope. And on, on BuzzFeed.com. Uh, there's a hilarious article. Moms are sending the most hilarious texts about Snowmageddon 2015. <laughs> Moms are on high alert. You know, my mom suddenly becomes a weather app when bad weather is approaching, getting texts every two minutes on updates about the blizzard. Oh, funny. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sure. Uh, yeah, and these kids, especially the ones in college, are like, are you kidding me? Really? Exactly. I mean, my, my They're boy loving doesn't even it wear boots. He doesn't even wear boots. He wears his gym shoes, period. Right, right. They're loving it because they, they're probably, their classes are closed. and Oh, yeah, school's not. Wait, me, mom, there's a blizzard coming to New York City. My mom's texting me from Miami. Oh, really? It's cold here, too. It's like 55 <laughs> Miami. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you worry. Moms worry. So if, if you know, any, any of our, our younger friends are listening to the girlfriends today, be safe. Don't drive unless you have to. That's right. It was bad driving last night, I'll tell you. Oh, it's slick. It's slippery. But the sun is out here today, and it's nice. Which is a good thing. And uh, Valentine's Day. Oh. February, the month here of Here we go. Uh, when, when did it all start? You know, there are various theories on the origin of Valentine's Day. Uh, the most popular dates back to the time of the Roman Empire during the reign of Claudius II. Really? Uh, yeah. Claudius didn't want men to marry during wartime because he believed that single men made better soldiers. So... 
and lovers in those days. Right? If oh, they were getting that... it, they were too uh, passive to be good soldiers. Oh, well, interesting. You know, that's a great theory about that, actually, because, you know, some of our great athletes, their coaches, exactly. tell them not to have sex prior to uh, a big game. I thought you game. were supposed to have sex, too. No, or no. prior to a big performance right, for entertainers. So, focus. so that you can focus and that you can never really seem to do much for me. But anyhow, <laughs> um, no, so that you can exude that energy and put forth that energy towards whatever right. the performance that or the game. That angst goes, that, that energy goes into what you're focused on. Um, and yes, I guess... Uh, Bishop Valentine, who was the bishop at the time, went against Claudius's wishes, and he performed secret wedding ceremonies. And for this, he was jailed and executed on February 14th. There's always a way. That's right. There's While a will, in there's jail, a way. he wrote a love note to the jailer's daughter, signing it, From your Valentine. Oh, my word. So, here, you know, I guess that that's that that symbol became synonymous with the kiss. So many people think that the XO, kisses and hugs, right? Um, that that became synonymous with kisses. And so Valentine's what is Cupid? Right, hearts, Cupid hearts, kisses. Right, um, February fourteenth, big holiday for the Hallmark. Yep, big holiday is uh, Juno, the queen of Roman gods and goddesses. And Juno was the goddess of women in marriage, which is also the name of the snowstorm right now that's happening on the East Coast. So, kind of timely. What is the name of the snowstorm? Juno. In the Middle oh, Ages, like yeah, young men and women drew names from a bowl to see who would be their valentine. They would wear this name pinned on their sleeves for one week for everyone to see. And it was the origin of the expression to wear your heart on your sleeve. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. Good, good, good tidbits of trivia. That's really interesting. So you do for Valentine's Day. Mm, i got to get that organized. I mean, I thought Valentine's Day was so great when the kids were little because I loved doing little Valentines for the class. And making those little boxes out of shoeboxes. So much fun. It's like the glitter and the glue. So fun. And so fun. Get- and then going The last them. thing I need is another big box of chocolates. I'll tell you that. Casanova I, was the world's known, greatest known lover, ate chocolate to make him virile. That's where the chocolate on Valentine's Day came from. Really? The tradition of giving chocolate. And physicians of the 1800s commonly advised their patients to eat chocolate to calm their pining for lost love. Well, I can understand. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a lot like people that get depressed or something. They tell you to eat chocolate. Yeah, but you know what I did that one time? You eat a lot of chocolate, and then you get that whole chocolate downer afterwards. Oh. You get it on a euphoric high for a while, and then you just get... You've I, got to balance it, Shauna, with a, <laughs> I can't with balance. tab or Diet Coke. <laughs> tab. God, I... Oh, that's crazy. Anyhow. More than 35 million heart-shaped boxes of chocolate will be sold for Valentine's Day. Over $1 billion worth of chocolate is purchased for Valentine's Day. Oh, my word. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's great for Godiva. What is your favorite chocolate? You know, I like a lot of these new dark chocolates. I do, too. From these, like, organic... I'm so into, which is such a bad addiction, in these Starbucks chocolate-covered almonds. Oh, I went through that for a couple oh. of years. I went through that. That was a, that period. I'm I'm out of that now, and I'm fully probably into cookies now. But <laughs> I, I like that dark chocolate years. with the salt. 
Yeah, the sea salt, so delish. Now, have you guys ever, um, I also think about like broken hearts. I think about, um, you know, has that ever happened to you? you ever remember having a Valentine's Day? I, I remember heart? going through a lot of Valentine's Day where nothing happened to me. It wasn't a broken heart. It wasn't a really... It was heartless. <laughs> it was just your average go through Valentine's Day. I don't know. I don't think people should get too... You know, I think it's very important. I think it's great for the young and people that are dating it's and stuff. It's fun for the little ones and it's fun to pass out Valentine's And it's fun and, for teenagers. Yeah, I don't think... You know, as long as my husband's really nice to me that day and just does a Did nice card or something, I don't really care. When you were completely heartbroken? No. No. Not on Valentine's Day. I remember being divorced once, and it was Valentine's Day, and going to see the premiere of The Producers, and having to stand outside and try to get a uh, cab, which was something that my husband used to do, and I remember being very, very sad. Oh. It wasn't about like the, the you know, that there weren't any flowers or anything. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the producers. It's going to be a funny show. I'm going to get over this Valentine's thing. And then I remember it was freezing cold and I was trying to hail a cab and couldn't hail a cab. And I was like, oh, this is the depths of misery. <laughs> this is karma spanking you. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I think it's nice to be acknowledged and validated on Valentine's Day. But other than that, I don't, you know, I don't. I hope girls don't go too crazy. I do remember doing a lot, which was really fun. In the modeling days, uh, doing, yes, it's true, we did those lingerie shows at Marshall Fields, and... And if I had your body, I would have been doing them too. It would, you know what? It was really... That was fun. Beautifully fun, because these wonderful, good-looking guys would come in on their lunch breaks and they would buy this beautiful lingerie for their girlfriends and I was like God it's really nice I was like really but those are dating that's is the that dating a, is that a gift for them or well, a some gift of them with, it's yeah it's a gift. it's I love you and I love you, you love me I, I guess I, I it like it depends that. on both you know I think it, it can be both it was just very, I thought it was very... Um, I think flowers are nice. I think candy's nice. I think jewelry's nice, lingerie. It all depends on what stage of life you're in. What is What's love that? is the single most Google, Googled phrase from Google. Wait, let, say it again. The question is, that is the most Googled question is what is love? That is that that question is Googled more than any other question. Well, I think I did a show about that, actually. Yes, you did a very good show. Um, but in an attempt to get to the bottom of the question once and for all, uh, The Guardian is a, a publication gathered writers from all fields, science, physiotherapy, uh, uh, literature, religion, and philosophy to give their definition of what is love. Does anybody really know? I don't. I don't know. I don't think it can really be defined. I think it's... A feeling. The physicist says that love is chemistry, that biologically love is a powerful neurological condition like hunger or thirst, only more powerful. Hmm. Which would lead me to believe, can you fall in love with just anyone? I think you can fall in love with a lot of people, hence the boyfriend. I think I, I'm hooked on the boyfriend too. By the way, have you watched it? I've never watched it. The in boyfriend. Eight years. You mean the Bachelor? The Bachelor. 
in eight years, the I've never watched it. I would, I would turn it on and I'd be like, this is, or I'd, you know, scanning the t- television or something. I'd say, this is ridiculous. And it just so happens that this time of year and in this time of my life, I happen to be away without a whole lot of things to do. And I just, because I was just like, there was nothing else to do, watched it. And I watched it from the first episode on The New Bachelor, who happens to be a farmer. Chris oh. Solis. Oh. Very handsome guy. And But you're right. That's they hooked excellent me. Excellent analogy because, you know, you, they're, what do they have, 20 bachelorettes? And, 36. Okay, and they clearly have formed these deep connections with these. And he's making out with all of them. I'm like, But really? to get to back to your question, I think the love, Whitney, is there's so many different kinds of love. There's love for your child. There's right. love for your pet. There's love for your boyfriend there's love for your husband there's love for your mother you know it, it's just it, it's hard to well what was the movie that was just out oh it was birdman oh my god that he had what was the name of the play that he was starring in michael keaton was starring in and it, it's just birdman i know but it was what was the marquee that he had in the movie oh was let me just tell you about love or to be to love and be loved to be beloved upon this earth yeah, something, and that was all about love. It was heavy, but it was about love. Meanwhile, I thought he did a great job not segueing. Well, I watched Birdman three times. I was I watched it twice. Riveted by it, absolutely blown away by it. It was amazing. He was amazing. Listeners, if you haven't seen Birdman, go see it. Michael it's Keaton great. is up for best actor. Patricia Arquette, uh, Emma Stone. Well, no, not Boyhood. Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette is up. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, who was the... Oh, Emma Watson is in no, Birdman. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Oh, God. What, Don't is say it em- Michael Keaton. Emma Stone and Michael Zach Keaton. Zach Galfinkas, Edward Norton. And Edward Norton are Ed- in Birdman. Oh, all great performances. Riveting. But I loved the fact of... I felt it was so New York in the filming of the hallways and the narrowness and the dirtiness and the, you know, it's all behind the theater and the hangout. I loved that. But what really, really grabbed me was the music, the drums. And if you notice, there was, I think there was only one or two um, music pieces, charts in that whole thing. That's like walking on the street of New York City. And it's the, it's the, it's the drum and the, and the brushing of the drums. I thought that was brilliant. I loved that whole, and it, that I thought the whole thing was was really, really, very artistically done. And I thought he encapsulated the whole current theme by the way that they did the beginning of the movie, and they did it through texting. So it's Excellent. like a play within that, a play, and, and within a play, he, what he does is like he's he takes Raymond Carver and his and his work, and he turns it into a play. Um, Michael Keaton's character does and it's kind of um, and they used current names I thought it was so funny that just one line was I don't want to give away the thing but they said you can get another nose just go across the street like Meg Ryan does right right. (laughs) and then you know that part where um, Emma Stone is sitting on the roof and she just gets Mm -hmm. out of rehab and Edward Norton is sitting looking across from her loved him and she says well if you could have anything that you know you want right now what could what would it be you know truth or dare what would it be and he says I'd like to rip your eyes out of your head and I'd like to put them in my head 
and I'd like to look at the street the way you see the street. At your age. At your age. And I thought, oh, my God. Yeah, you know, I thought that was really great. She's so fantastic. I thought Emma, Emma Stone Brilliant. was Brilliant. outrageously great. Oh, my goodness. The casting was perfect. The he. The director just did. Okay, but once again, just like Whitney in Life of Pi, where I thought the tiger was real. I'm like looking on the beach for, where's that, where'd that tiger go? And never realizing it was a metaphor. No, but that's did what I loved about it. End? It was all metaphors. I like to think I, that that's he was... Up to the, that's up to the viewer. Okay, I hate when they do that. I'd like to think he was soaring, and that was a metaphor. Okay, so he See, overcame I his ego he and, overcame and was soaring. real connections with his ex-wife well, and his I daughter. Well, I think the end was that he was released from his... Ego. ego. Well, he was just released, whether he committed and suicide. And he looked like a bird because now his face, he'd shot off his own nose, so... Oh, his, didn't his, think of it that way. When he had that bandage on, you didn't notice that he looked like the bird man it was the same oh. mask? Oh, yeah, I did. But, and he... See, I felt that he really did have the power... And he released himself thinking, I don't need this anymore. And that's why when she looked down at the ground and then she looked up and she kind of smiled, Emma Stone. Right, was he up or down? He was up. Well, He was up and she was realizing this is real. I mean, in a very sci-fi sort of way. No, I think it was, no, no, I don't look at it as sci-fi at all. I think it was just a metaphor and that he was... My feeling is that he, it was just a metaphor that he's free. It was his corporal, it was his human flesh, ground beef from jumping out the window, or was he sitting up on the roof looking out, or did, did she make the choice to look down and think, Not oh, his, she his body the... is gone, but his spirit is, I don't well, know. There was I a lot. Those endings. No. It was great. It's kind <laughs> of like that movie, what was that, Magnolia was like that, where the mm-hmm. frogs fell from the sky. Mm-hmm. No, I think he was alive. I think he was alive, and I think he he was he soaring, like you said. He his, his but demons. as you saw through the whole thing, in the very beginning, even with the writers when they were interviewing him, he was like, no, don't write that. Well, you saw the insecurity. Of, right. of, and you saw basically the insecurity behind theater, as it always is, as oh, being yeah. an actor, actress. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's constantly there. Am I good enough? How are they going to receive me? Um, what's going to happen? Um, I thought that was really portrayed. And, you know, he portrayed, like, with his ex-wife when he was divulging all the things. You, not, you no. just wanted to say, you are so messed up. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not Farrah Fawcett or Michael Jackson. Yeah. I love it when she walks out, she's saying, she just turns and goes, you're not Farrah Fawcett or Michael Jackson. <laughs> and did he really mean to shoot himself? Yes. I think, you know, I think... To take his own life and it was no, a miss? No, not to take his own I mean, we're just spoiler alerts on the I know, movie if you haven't I know. seen it. But that scene in the bar with the, the theater critic, I Loved thought... It. That was fabulous. Like, I am so sick of you spoiled children thinking that you have oh, she talent. Oh, she was wonderful. actors. And she who, was wonderful. Like, who wrote that monologue? Do you, you know how many talented people have been here with real talent? Yeah, with real talent, you know, and then you know, and then and, you know, I, you know, she's like, you're not an actor, but that's that whole. No, you're dichotomy. a celebrity. You're a celebrity, and there's not a an difference. actor. Yeah. Oh man. But wasn't Edward Norton fabulous? Oh, well, oh, I thought he was wonderful. So good. Well, this will be very interesting with the Oscars, which is the girlfriends' favorite night that is of our the Super year. Bowl. Um, it'll it'll be great because. Not only did I watch Birdman twice, but I watched The Theory of Everything twice. And I think Eddie Ray- Raymond is oh, 
outrageously fantastic. Did you guys see that um, that article, The Problem with the Myth of the Starving Artist? No. No. I thought it was interesting that we, we hold this archetype. It reminds me of that bar scene from Birdman, that we have the starving artist is like really the person who's like the, the genius. And we, we all know that you can be the biggest genius artist on the face of God's earth, but unless a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? I mean, right. people have to see you, people have to hear you, people have to know what your art is. You've got to get your art out there. Getting it out there costs money, and you know that vicious cycle. Cycle, of, you know. Um, but uh, you know, there, there was uh, you know the the craft. You know, you know, it's. Uh, this woman was saying she was sponsored by her husband, and she cites a well-known author who happens to be the heir to a mammoth fortune, yet let a starry-eyed fan think he'd written a number of magazine articles to get by while he spent a tough decade on his last home. And it, basically this article goes on to say that everybody who gets known does have, in one way, shape, or form, someone who sponsors them or gives them a little... Mm, mm, yes. A little boot. And uh, as I think about it, I, you know, I think that's probably more true today than it's ever been. Um, having a patron, which is how it used to be back in the days of old. And I think now, you know, you know, being discovered, you know, you've really, there's so much, so much out there that you've got to really, to get your, to get your art out there, you've got to spend money to get it out that's there. That's right. Well, that was also very prevalent in Birdman. And that, yeah, it totally reminded me of that. Um, did you see the theory of everything? You have to see it before no, the Oscars. No, I did not see oh, it. Oh, you have, it is an absolute, absolute must. I was going to call you the other day to go to a movie in the middle of the afternoon, and then I got caught up doing minutia. Anyway, the theory of everything, Eddie um, Raymond, how do you say his name? Red, Red Man. Red Man. Plays Stephen Hawkins, and he does an absolute phenomenal job. I mean, it is just. And then uh, Felicity Jones plays the wife, and she she's wonderful. She's one. I mean, there. This brings me back to the year that we had all those great movies: um, Chariots of Fire, The Poet Society, and you know, we have now this year a lot of really great movies. I'll tell you what I saw just the other day, which I thought was right on perfect, was The American Sniper. And I'm oh, and there's been so much controversy. Well, first of all, you know, Clint Eastwood is a staunch Republican. And he hasn't gotten he's gotten bashed ever since he did remember that the last, Obama chair thing? Yes. Like he's an empty suit, which I thought right. was really funny. Oh, we well, we watched that together. Yeah, when he was on. It was the Oscars, right? And he, he did the empty and, chair, and, and he, yeah, well, horrible. he he directed this, which is basically saying to the public, it's been played nationwide, and it's grossed was the top network the weekend that it came out, and now it's up over two hundred billion dollars. So this has been just, and it's a true story, which we all know. Intense because it's something that none of us really know about or want to focus on. Exactly. And there's been, in Dallas, people cheering. In California, they booed. Really? And, well, you know, it's all so this... So red and blue states kind of have It's a, all this stance on war. And basically wow. what they have done through the American Sniper is they have kind of glorified war. They've glorified the veterans. They've glorified the war. And 
Wow. The Democrats or the uh, are just they think it's terrible that this is out. Yeah. Well, the and now they've got a huge thing with the the Muslims are all poor, thinking that they were portrayed poorly in the movie. Anyhow, it is, it's it is great, great. It's a great movie season for everybody. So um, hunker down. Great time of year to go to all these movies before the Academy Awards, which will be airing on February 22nd. So check it out. It's going to be really a very competitive and competitive evening that night with a lot of great talent. So that's really, I think that's fun to do right now. So Melissa Rivers, did you hear about her? She is definitely going through with the lawsuit with her mother, Joan Rivers. Rightfully so. Mm, I don't know. Yes, I guess so. Of course um, you would. Joan stopped breathing during a throat procedure on her vocal cords and died a week later. She was 81 years old. So, um, and they felt that... They're suing the hospital and the doctors. They're suing the hospital because they did not... It was a clinic that did not have the proper staffing to handle emergency situations like that. So, um... So what happens if she wins this lawsuit? uh, Millions of dollars. She destroys a bunch of doctors' lives. And she's going to have millions of dollars, which, which she doesn't need. But I guess it will call attention to the fact that a lot of doctors perform these types of in, you know, all the procedures time. all the time without the proper, you know. I know. Uh, it's scary. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It certainly made me think twice before I do anything because I'll think I'll make sure that everybody has whatever the needs are that needs to happen in emergency situations because you never know. So she had a heart attack, right? She had, apparently, she had a heart attack. It it just says in the press here that she stopped breathing. Is that a heart attack? Um, I thought that she had had a heart attack. Well, it has a respiratory thing, but here's here's where it gets a little dicey because this was Joan's own personal physician. Right. So she was with this. This was Dr. Gwen um, Corvin. Oh, I can't even imagine how bad. So here's where it is. You know, you go in there. Here's your own physician. Um, you're trusting him. So she wasn't like she was going to somebody new. Um, and her vitals, just they just went down. But, I mean, who's really well, at fault your, there? Your vitals go down as you get older. That's why it's very difficult to have these procedures done when you're older. It's very scary. Right. You, like, have you to shouldn't be, very be having careful. a facelift when you're 80 years old. And so. I guess what also will come out of this is basically closure for those that are still living in her immediate family. Because it will kind of think that, you know, she reacted to the situation instead of just accepting it. Because, um, you know, she's saying oh, that... Sure. That it, you know, that it was outrageous behavior. It was incompetent. It was mismanaged. I'm not sure who. I mean, somebody's going to have a, a ball game with this though in court because you do sign waivers. You do sign saying that yeah, you, you acknowledge. Let me tell you a little something about what you sign when you have but I do surgery. Exactly. <laughs> you sign a lot. You you initial many pages and you sign off on. All of that. She. This is a quote from Melissa. Not she only did my mother surgery, it was a, a some. It was a vocal cord, a vocal procedure. She said, "Not only did my mother deserve better, every patient deserves better. It is my goal to make sure that this kind of horrific medical treatment never happens to anyone again. 
he wasn't really like you said, Shelley. He wasn't qualified to do this. So no, he was fu- qualified to do it, but he was in his clinic, which was did not have emergency care and the proper equipment and to handle and doctors to handle the emergency situation. He was qualified. He just wasn't in. He was like in a day clinic. Right. And there were six doctors involved that she's throwing the lawsuit against. I don't know. So that is, and she's probably very, very well advised. And this is where, this is where I think the lawsuit, I I think this is good. This is where someone should be suing because they shouldn't be handling this. And you know, it's like us. You put trust in your doctors. Right. You put trust in these people that are professional and are trained to do this. But I think even if you go into certain, um, you know, you have a colonoscopy and you go, you know, and they do the test. You, you could have a heart attack and have yeah, that. Yeah, you have to be very... And then what, you know, I mean, all that, that that would say that every single one of these places where you have some kind of test done or a procedure done has to have, you know, emergency response equipment. I presume that they called the ambulance and whatnot, but they, you know, I guess she was, you know, dead when the ambulance arrived there. But... You know, it's frightening because a lot of these procedures that seem pretty mundane aren't so mundane as you get to be. I know, I agree. It's you have to be very conscientious. I don't mom. think it was a heart attack. She was basically losing oxygen because when they finally got oh, her, that was it. They they gave her too much of propofol, and That's they finally right. got her into that is that that I can understand. And she was brain dead. Right. Oh, and right. that's when they pulled the life support. Speaking so. of Michael Jackson, yeah, that was the same thing that killed him. Well, this year, which we will also see at the Oscars, I mean, think of all the great people we lost. Robin Williams, Joan Rivers, mm-hmm. um, Angelia, Angelo, tell me. Oh, Maya Angelo. Maya Angelo. Uh, I love that when they do the memorial. Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. There's another really great one that we're missing totally. Oh, yeah, there, was right. some, there was some wonderful. But anyway, that. But, you know, one of the things that talking about health, you know, we're in flu season right now. And so there was just a study that came out on uh, germaphobes, which I am a germaphobe. Uh, seven habits. So I'm very in vogue right now, which I'm really happy to say. So <laughs> I'm going to share these you. seven habits because now all the doctors are saying, you know what? All those people that you used to look at and think are nuts, they really have something going for them, and we should all be incorporating it. So one of them is hold your breath when someone sneezes. I do that. Which I do. Hold your breath when someone sneezes. Never you done that. And then wipe down your phone. Do that. I do do that. Clean your hands after pumping gas. I do, I do oh, that. I don't. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I don't Ooh. even think of that. Use a paper towel on public bathroom handles. I do that. When it's available, but I do your other trick, which is to use my sleeve Sweet. now. Yeah, I do that. Um, and then... Um, Okay, another put big down one. the toilet seat. Put down lid. the toilet seat lid before you flush, which is oh, very interesting good. because the bacteria flies around. I don't do that in a public bathroom. Well, I don't do it in a public bathroom, but because I don't want to touch the toilet seat. And wash your hands right away after you've been in the public and clean your the handbag. right way. There's a difference yes, of washing right your way. hands. 
and you're supposed to sing the happy birthday song twice in the back of your hands remember the back of your hands right do you know the dirtiest thing that you carry is the bottom of your purse yeah i i wipe mine all the time and, and I never on, wipe mine. Oh, That's I do the it most all the time. germ-ridden thing. Yeah. And you put it on your lap. Everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, that really grosses me out. I wipe mine and then I hang it on a doorknob and it and it desanitizes. I do it all the time. <laughs> oh wait, you do what? She's got that hockey desanitizing equipment in her house. <laughs> I wipe the bottom of it and I hang it on a doorknob so this dries. It's a two-bedroom apartment oh. just filled with desan with sanitizing equipment. <laughs> Oh, that is, you know, the phone, big time. Should your kids see you naked? Sean, I think, should answer this one. I say yes. I say no, obviously. I, I, I don't th- look at myself I naked. Think there's, Why should my kids? I think there's, oh, yes, but your kids do. You shower with your child. I don't shower And you with have my child. no snatch. So, I mean, that is like. You don't, she doesn't shower with me. I don't shower with my child. Well, you used to when well, they were little. When they, so you know, did I. We all did. When they were teeny weeny, when they when they had little cashews. Yeah. I think this, and this is interesting because I don't know if any of you caught uh, Miss Universe. Well, one of the questions was from the judges. There was the last uh, five, and um, gorgeous girls, by the way, absolutely gorgeous. Every each and every one of them in their own way. Um, one of the questions was, do you feel that the swimsuit competition? should be taken out of Miss America and Miss Universe. If you do, why? And if you don't, why? Well, the girl did some dumbass answer. I mean, it was just, but I, I thought to myself, no, I don't think it should be. I think the body is a beautiful thing. I don't think it needs to be covered up. I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think it's a God-given gift, and we should cherish it. That's a good answer, Shauna. Now, do I want to walk in front of my 18-year-old son naked now? No. I did not like, first of all, I will tell you, I watched the Miss Universe pageant, too. And Ironically, so did I. Oh, is that funny? We should I have all been together. I did not. Um, I I found it this year particularly, I didn't think the judges were substantial enough. I agree. I didn't think the pageant seemed substantial mm. enough. Women have come so far that I thought it was rather degrading to women. Mm-mm. I didn't like the swim. I didn't like the way the girls were posing in my, the swimsuit competition. My ten-year-old boy said, "Mom, what is the purpose of the Miss Universe pageant?" How Good question. You, how would you well, answer that? They, I'll tell you what the purpose is because, to our favorite listeners, I have being to be, pageant girls yourself. Uh, as a pageant <laughs> girl. How would you answer that? Um, Miss Universe, as is Miss America, they are ambassadors to their country. They do a lot of things for children. They do a lot of, um, you know, outreach programs, uh, broadcasting, film clips, and they work really, really hard. They have a grueling schedule but for answers, a year. Answer but answer the They are ambassadors ambassador. to their country. For their country, but essentially it is a beauty contest. Not necessarily. I think Miss Universe essentially is a beauty contest. I think Miss America, on the other hand, is... I, I do think you have to be much more scholarly, oh, scholarly to be in the Miss America pageant. Okay, Absolutely. first of all, get a grip on it, because number one, <laughs> Miss America and Miss Universe are both based on beauty. Bar I disagree. None. I Surely think there's not one ugly no. girl in the bunch. They're not, there's uh, not one fat not girl in the bunch. We're not talking about ugly girls. 
but the criteria to be in Miss America is much different than to be in Miss Universe, and that is true. I disagree. I was in it. I know. It's I, true. I was, too. The it, criteria, not in Miss Universe and Miss America. Miss America, you have to have a certain grade point average. You have, it's a very, it's a much It's a much much higher intellectual bar than it is to be in the Miss Universe. Okay, how would you describe the question, which you didn't answer, which all these Miss Universe didn't answer, and that's one very... masters of not answering any of the questions. They didn't answer any of the questions. It was bizarre. It was like they didn't listen. It was like bizarro world. No, it's very nerve-wracking. So Brett asked her mother... Asked me, Mom... What is the purpose of the Miss Universe pageant? I would say the purpose of a Miss Universe pageant is you have a God-given gift of beauty and intelligence. And the purpose of a Miss Universe pageant is to choose a woman that you feel has the embodiment to go out and use her beauty and her intellect to be an ambassador for her country and that for the an world. That is an excellent That's answer. a very good answer. <laughs> that was good. And you know what? You should be, you should be. Oh, even Penelope thought that Penelope was great. Penelope loved it. <laughs> no, but that is, I do no think that's the Snaps for Shell on that. Snaps. That was very well. It's only taken me 50 years. That was excellent. My actually. question was very difficult. Can I tell you what my question was? Yeah. No, okay, look. Out of the two trips that President Nixon had taken to blah, blah, which do you feel was most influential to the American people and why. Oh my goodness. Well, at that point, I remember looking at my dad, grab my mother's hand and say, she'll never get this. (laughs) (laughs) And I just repeated the question and I said, they both, I did one of those answers. Well, that was good. But you didn't answer the question. No, yes, I did. I said, they opened world trade and I can't remember. But they said, which trip? Which do you feel was yeah, so well, they were asking you to choose one, yes, but, but this is to decide. They were I, both great, right? I buffered. Okay, for listeners that were there, here here was one of the questions, and the girl never answered the thing about how we're getting back to being in front of your kid naked, and she was saying she never really answered it. She didn't answer. She it. said, "Well, you know, I think that you know the swimsuit contest is everything is you know is very pretty, and you know, thank you very much." And then the the other question was, "What has your country? What what is the that, best thing oh, your yes. country? Freedom of speech. Why didn't you say that? I was why that. didn't wait? What did she Miss USA? Dumb. I missed it." What I was getting water. Thing, what is the best thing your country has brought to the world? And What's she, the most significant? Significant thing. And she it basically Should said been nothing. What is the most significant contribution you can say that your country has given to the world? Right. And, and what did Miss USA say? It was not even an answer to the question. It wasn't an answer to the question. I thought she answered it. I thought she Jamaica got high, did. But I didn't think she did. I, I mean, thought I, Jamaica did a great job. Like freedom to the like freedom, like free of freedom of speech should have been the freedom answer. Freedom of speech is. Yeah, I mean, great after answer. everything that's going on in the world, and Colombia right should have just said coffee, gotten it over yeah, with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you wake up every morning? You wake you know, up with the me. drug cartel. I mean, she should have just no. Jamaica, Jamaica made the most sense when she said, "We've given you the great gift of music with our most famous." Famous Bob Marley, right, and then and also we like, have the oh, fastest man on earth right. right now. She seemed the most articulate, and she seemed like she was having the most fun. But wait, what did I? 
Very interesting. Columbia, I felt like, was just sitting there as a statue. Why and I said got... to Barry, I said, at least Jamaica and He's USA having is having fun and they're laughing. I wanted and... Ukraine. I thought she was beautiful. Oh, Ukraine was a major piece of work. Oh, I but thought she was beautiful. High maintenance. She would have been a B-I-T-C-H. But she had a great answer for that Facebook she question. What, um, what was it? Which was, if there was something that you could, you know, you could change. And she said in her country that she would, you know have more kindergartens and I mean she was very honest about without being mean about what's going on in in, in the yeah. Ukraine I thought and I thought maybe I was very very surprised that Jamaica got fourth what was in the paper today short, girls with short hair never get more than wait you know, what was in the paper today that there's a big riff now between Jamaica and Colombia I don't know what because they, they both have good drugs <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I was speaking of that. Did you hear uh, the the SAG Awards with Jennifer Lawrence saying the whole thing about her drug thing? No. She said, wow, if somebody had a Xanax right now, I would take it. Whoa. Oh, she was up there. I, I love her. Yeah, she did a funny. But getting back to that, that's tough on the spot. And I thought I it just, was very, just, very tough because... The judges, you couldn't even understand the judges. No, and what do they have the Filipino boxer up there for? I mean, the judges were weak. I, Donald, I mean, they didn't have anybody potential. Donald Trump, I'm really disappointed in your judge pick. You know, he have it, Helen Gurley Brown if she was still with us. Yeah, it you know. devalued. It devalued the Miss Universe it, pageant it was, if that could happen. But it also, it also. <laughs> Well, I'm if sorry. monkeys would fly out of no, my when butt. I, when I first turned it on, I thought, are we doing this still? You, you know, know it's it makes, one thing 25 yeah. years ago. It's another thing now. I it's thought, tradition. Women have come so far. It's bringing their country out, well, though. I think not it should. Very far because look at every single no, one of those women had the same exact hairstyle, with the exception of Jamaica. They all had the layer that was true. hair rolled. All veneers. Okay, all horrible veneers. Yeah. Um, it was like seeing stamped cookie cutter people. It's, it's really they, they now have you can. It's okay to have the breast implants, right? It was just it was like cookie cutter women, and you know, to see what's beautiful about that. I don't. I mean, they were like you I said, just thought it all missed. Beautiful, it but really missed. I love the costume <laughs> thing where they each had to present their costumes, and they wore those like kind of crazy Vegas, you know, Zigfield Day yeah, costumes. Yeah, I did too. Those were, you know, those were a lot of fun. And it, their it basically, gowns were gorgeous. It gowns basically gets back to the the theory of you know whatever you're into, acting or modeling. You know the taste, talent, and tenacity because the whole thing How with do you the get taste. Your face out there? But what what's beautiful in a gown to somebody is ugly to somebody else. Like so. that yellow gown on which one of them? I didn't love that. That was horrible. Oh, terrible! But Jamaica was hot. Yeah, she she red. And yeah. she would be the first one out, and just the way it was cut and figure form, I thought USA looked beautiful. I just thought it missed. Red was definitely the color. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it missed is because they didn't. It wasn't articulate. Well, it's not just not articulate, because I don't know how often a lot of those girls are that articulate, but it's, it's also the way they presented themselves in the bathing suit competition. It was too cheeky, and I thought it didn't have the sophistication in class. They got too 
Okay, but you know what? That's that's I got too cheeky. I just didn't. But like you know it. what? That's the sign of the times. Ugh. But it's also uh, that's think, not the production. The thing that bothered me the production about it of it is that it's now a vehicle for Donald Trump. Like exactly, the, I thought the, the city, same thing. The city of Jarrell. Who the f are you kidding? I mean, you know, Jarrell is an area near the airport. Right. <laughs> In they Miami, made a resort. That there's a resort there. Donald Trump bought the resort, and now he's trying to, you know, okay, build a community, whatever. But it was like every single one of these girls had like the city of Jarrett. It was like a big promotion for, you know, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. And like, come on, be a little more subtle about it at least. It's lost it. Sorry, Donald, you've lost it. You take it. I think class if they would have it. had a little bit more credibility in the judges, it would have really helped. The judges were thugs. Worst. Absolutely. Yeah, and it went on forever. But anyhow, on, as far as your kids, my husband naked, surely liked it. Oh, did he? My husband. Oh, yes. It and I thought you're no fun. Um, should I, your kids see you naked? My thing is to a point, and then I think it's really distasteful, and I don't think it should happen anymore. Listen, I remember seeing my dad by perchance as an accident, and I was like, "Ooh!" And that'll just ruin you forever. Don't, kids don't want to see their parents naked. It's gross. Yeah, I know. But you know, now you can have a one of a kind name for your baby, but it's going to cost you. For $35,000, a Swiss company called Evergoschelweil will create a 100% globally unique name for your child. I saw that. There's an app for everything. $35,000. Who wants somebody else to name your child? And your child will have a completely globally unique name that will be interesting. Like Apple. Do you know what? That is something you would do. That is something you would adhere to. I, I think it's pretty cool. I, for a nationally unique name, Air Force Wild charges $20,000 U.S. dollars. You're listening to the webtalkradio.net, the girlfriends. I might just change my name. <laughs> a lot of people do. Why not? A lot of people do. Why not? Okay. Um, another article on Scientology and the Prison of Belief. Five things to know. Um... This is interesting. There is a film that came out in the Sundance Film Festival called The Prison of Belief. And it's based on the book by the Pulitzer Prize winner Lawrence Wright, and it's all about Scientology. Um, It features interviews with some of the famous Scientology faces, Tom Cruise being one of them, although I don't believe he did an interview. And... um, they, dis- they delve into the lives of Tom Cruise and John Travolta, and I think they went in a lot into the life of Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. That's the only reason I'd like to see it is because I that relationship kind of fascinated me. And well, they had such a chemistry, those two. Yeah, and they were able to keep that whole thing so quiet when they got a divorce. I think she got pregnant myself by Ian McGregor. Oh, really? During Moulin Rouge. Yes. And he said goodbye. Oh, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. I bet you're right. Yeah. That's just my take. But anyhow, doesn't mean it's true. Um, Oh. So I kind of think that would be an interesting film to watch as a documentary. I would like to watch it because I can't imagine that it's still... Existing What, Scientology? Yeah. It used to be, like, I remember when I lived in Los Angeles, they would have those little inventory sites everywhere, you know, where they would have, like, a storefront, and you could go in, and they would do, like, a personality assessment, and they were, like, everywhere, and now I, I don't see there's them. One, there's one here. 
I've seen it. But I, they used to be everywhere. And I, I mean, I don't it's, see them anymore. There's that one, yeah, but in like in Los Angeles. I know. I I would, I'd be anymore. interested in knowing what's happening with that. I mean, yeah. is it falling? I don't know anybody that's ever done it. Um, but it always seemed kind of strange to me, kind of like the Army Recruiting Center. It's, it's, um, so the film, it's already scheduled to air on TV. It's a documentary? Apparently, uh, yes. And what's the name of it? Uh, it's called, um, hmm, The Prison of Belief. Good name. And, um, those involved say that they hope the movie will make an impact. I would love it if the FBI, after seeing this film, goes, you know what? We need to start doing something more energetic. What does that mean? The Department of Justice in Washington, D.C. said, yes, let's proceed. Former Scientologist Michael Reinder said during a Q&A following the premiere of the film Sunday, but we'll never figure out how to put an end to this. Do I think that's going to happen? Not very likely. So I, I want to, you know, is it here to stay or what's going on? Not that I really care, but I don't know. Yeah, it's no Catholicism. I, I, that, that would not. Sure. That would not. I, I, I wouldn't be interested in seeing that. Oh, I would. Yeah, I wanted to see what the. I want to hear the scuttle. Anyhow, you're listening to the girlfriends on WebTalkRadio.net. Anyway, what's everybody doing this weekend for the Super Bowl? And do we have any bets playing? Oh my gosh, I can't oh, believe I forgot to tell you this. So I'm in Wisconsin with Brett for a hockey tournament. And in that, we're on the concierge floor where they have like, you know, you can get tea or hot chocolate or whatever. And they've got like, you know, TVs and pretzels and whatever. And the game is on and all these people from Green Bay are there. And like they're, oh. you know, they're up 22 to seven or something at the time. And Wait, Green Bay, you mean Seahawks? The Seahawks were playing Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay. And so we're in Wisconsin, and all these people are, like, you know, cheering, and they're all so excited because at this point, Green Bay is up, it's like 22 to 7 or something. And, of course, Brett walks in, and he's like, you know, know, he's like, Green Bay's not going to win. Everybody knows that. Like, he's, you know, like he's the 80-year-old man, and all these people are looking at him. You know, they're looking at me, and they're looking at him like, you know, you can't say it. And he's like... And I just, I'm like, I don't know. He just has a thing about Green Bay, but he has no awareness that he's actually in Wisconsin and that these people are just, you know. Oh, my God. They are Packer fans. And then sure enough, 10 minutes later, boom. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well. So I blame it on Brett for Green Bay. I oh, have that to must say. have been fun for him. He must have loved that. It was great. Well, you know, Green Bay, I, first of all, being in Chicago, I'm not a Green Bay fan, but the Patriots, I love their uniforms, so I'm all, yeah. you know, I'm not, I don't know much about sports, but I well, really like Well, I just like feel this whole uh, inflate gate, as they're calling it, oh my or gosh. deflate gate, it has been a really, really put the NFL in just such a big position, and it, a sore position. Did you see the interview with Tom Brady, who I guess oh. picks out his he picks out his twelve favorite balls before the game? Well, which is oh, not. I'm so but, disappointed but wait, that happened. Which is not uncommon for right. quarterbacks. I guess the quarterbacks all pick out their balls. And so I I believe Tom Brady really didn't have. Well, now we know who did it. So right, and we do. Who was it? Who was it? Was it was, it was the one, equipment manager? Yeah, actually? one of the came forward, I don't really know the particulars, oh but God. came forward, it was yesterday, he came forward and said, this is what I did. Okay, but what's the now, difference? Wait, they both use so the now, same balls. So now right? what? Or is he covering for the team? But now oh. what do you do for this? 
what do you do? What does Belichick, the coach, do? You do nothing because they're both using the same ball. They're throwing and catching the same ball. Yes but, quarter, yes, but quarterbacks have their favorites. Some like it really inflated, some like it soft, deflated, and they all have their measure. So yeah, I would also think because the isn't the weather a factor if it's too cold? It's all a factor, and- but, but the fact of the matter is on one side of the field, the balls were such and such, and on the other side of the field, they were deflated. So New England definitely deflated these balls because the, a, the atmosphere a, is not going to change from one a, side of the field to the next. That's just a bad mark on them forever. I agree. Why but but and wait, on Tom no, Brady, I'm just. But Belichick, let me just, if I'm saying his name right, knowing me, I'm probably right. not. But years ago, he was in, they called it Spygate. Oh. And so he stole time. signals from the other oh, team. So this is why they really went and really, really investigated because they knew this guy was crooked. So he was just getting over that. And who's to say that he it's didn't not get And you know, Tom Brady is squeaky clean. He's, he's a babe too. He is a babe. But he's squeaky so clean. So Lance Armstrong. No, but he's just that, and you know, he has political aspirations when he gets done with, with football. Not anymore. Well, and that's why he definitely said, I had nothing to do with this. But here's the... And Shelly, you had a really good point. Maybe he's covering for the team. Maybe the whole right. team knew that. Maybe the equipment right. manager is covering for the team. And here this kid finally came forward. And that was so totally he takes rude. it off. Why would you come forward? But do you think That's the, the coach thing. knew? Well, why would you come forward with because something Because it had like to take, it he had to had take, to take the, the, the fall. He had to take the fall because then they, they would have to... So now they're saying, now they're claiming on, and you know, with coaches before the Super Bowl, I don't know, you guys know this, but I mean, they like to focus on one thing, their X's and their O's before the Super Bowl. That's all they do is coach, 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 coach. They want no distractions. So this has been a tremendous distraction for New England. But now a lot of the sportsters are saying the honorable thing is for them to decline and not play because it's cheating. It's cheating. So if they don't play, then who that goes back to Green Bay? I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's replay it's, the game, right? Replay the game. Why don't it's they replay never the game? been done? But why the, not? Well, there's always a first time. I don't know. I mean, that just is so sad. That this so sad. I mean, that is just really well. Sad. It's sad also on the fact that here you've won all these Super Bowls, which New England has. But what what is your team really going to be known for? Spygate and Flategate. Right. You know, oh, yeah, that's the team that's the cheaters, and that's what's going around. That's what they're known for. So, once again, like girlfriends have always said, reputation, reputation, it's reputation. It'll always follow reputation. you. I will be in New York seeing a play on Sunday. Oh, what are you going to see? Uh, Delicate Balance, the Edward Albee play. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Good for you. I'm starting I'm it. Um, oh, there's a lot of uh, Glenn Close, uh, Martha Plimpton. Oh, she's got great reviews. Yeah, I got great reviews. She got great reviews for that. And then Monday is uh, Larry David's premiere, well, his preview of his new play. Who's Larry David? He's a, uh, he created the uh, Jerry Seinfeld show. Yes. Larry David show. You didn't know. No, but I knew it was Larry <laughs> David. Well, I do kind of in the comedic front. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So that's what I'll be doing for the Super Bowl. 
Oh, so you're I, not going to be here for the Super Bowl. I'm going to miss I was going to have a gathering. Star. Okay. I will have the gathering is your house the germ, Is your house germ-free? Yes. You have to now. walk through the... I was really sick, too. Bill it's was, been like My husband was very weeks. sick. So go listen to the girlfriends and replay the germaphobe... Uh, you need to vacuum that couch. Vacuum and oh, yes. d- disinfect all those pillows. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep you busy for a week. <laughs> Anyhow, you're listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net, and we will see you next week.